Shout out my girl Marissa for keeping a nigga fresh, you dig? I'm shouting out Marissa Mendez right now. She knew me for like 10 years. And Marissa, yeah, she was right on the money. Marissa Mendez is here. Oh, this is Marissa right here. This is the reason why I'm flying to all you niggas. <laughs> you understand? This is my dude. This is Marissa, man. It's Taylor Gang and Dot. We don't even gotta say shit, because Marissa explains it all. And you do know that. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marissa Explains It All. I am your host, Marissa Mendez, and here we have our co-host. Hello, everybody. It's me, Joyce. Okay, I was going to say you're supposed to say your name. Thank you. I feel like you should be a little closer. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't really want to sit this close to you, but at the same time. So, Dash is still under Renault's, so we're home. Last week, we tried... So, when we do remote prior to last week, it's like this app that I can basically tap into and Joyce from wherever she is in the world and we can record remotely that way and then last week we used it while sitting next to each other since we're both in LA. Now we're using a different app so we would love to know your feedback guys if you like this audio. We had no complaints last None. week about our audio. Finally. <laughs> we all we knew it was trash. Before. Yeah. I mean obviously none of these are going to be as quality as in studio but... We're working work. with what we have, exactly, and we refuse to keep missing a week for you guys, so we will be here come hell or high water. Um, there's stuff to talk about this week. I actually finally left my house, Yay! so there's gonna, things. There, the sound effects that I know Prime are going to put in are really exciting. Like, I want to listen back and see if the ones that I think he's going to put are the ones that are actually being put. Why? Is it new sound effects so you just like the ones he has no because he's so good at oh like, yeah choosing the right, right ones. yeah um feel free to throw a dollar sign in any point in this part right here prime because why not um oh well, i guess we could start there i spoke to him i did see now guys i don't know how to quantify this because i've just been dming him so should i implement my same rules on dms or do regarding the one month Time. Yeah, my one my once a month bother Ty Dolla Sign. I don't know. Is he responding to your DMs? Every Is it one a of them. Very good rapport. Yeah, I mean, that's smart. Yeah. So, um, I've officially booked my first trip to London because, once again, stand of the cinch. Ty has a show coming up there in the first week of December, and I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to go to London. I work from anywhere in the world as far as actually job stuff. I could do it from anywhere. And I fly free, so why would I not go see Ty Dallas in London? Why wouldn't you? Really, seriously. You just sold me. Yeah, so um, it's Ty and YG, and YG's the homie too, so that was cool. So um, I hit him and I was like, yo, I'm thinking about making that my first trip to London. I've been wanting to go for years. He was like, yo, come the fuck on, bro. And I was like, that's literally all you had to say. I don't know why I was going to say 2014 me would be freaking out because 2019 me would still freak <laughs> out. <laughs> so I did that. Um, I My mom is interested in coming, so she may come. And then my girlfriend Sasha might come. But even if neither one of them go, I am perfectly happy going alone. I have a pretty decent network How over there. Are? I'm going for three nights, four days. Okay, that's yeah. such a quick little trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I spoke to a couple people too, and they said you don't need that long to do London. Mm-hmm. A and B. I've 
I'm not particularly interested in the touristy things. I mean, the generic, like, I want to try to make the guard mm-hmm. laugh and I want to see Big Ben and I want to take a picture in front of a, I mean, in a red phone booth or whatever. Um, and I guess Abbey Road, the, um, the Beatles, yeah. where they did. But other than that, honestly, I really rather, like, I want to meet the local talent. I want to meet Tim Westwood. I want to fucking go to the hood over there, see what that's like, you know? And um, so I, you know, doing that type of shit. So I already reached out. There's a group over in the UK called Western that are pretty big and their management. Um, well, I'm friends with all of them. So in 2016, Western did a song with Kehlani mm-hmm. um, because David Ali, her manager, is super tapped in. And I guess when they would be in London, he linked up with them and they did the song and it helped her build her audience out over there and they came to the states in 2016 and david ali hit me and was like hey you know my guys western and their management are in new york would you be able to bring them the hot 97 i was like of course so i brought them up established that relationship uh we kicked it in la when i moved here and they were out here so now i hit them i'm like yo i'm coming roll out the fucking carpet for me so they are like oh my god of course so i'm gonna link with them my girlfriend um she does pr out there and so she already like set up some interviews and shit for me so um so yeah i'm just gonna make the best of it and then i found out also dave east has a show that exact same week that i'm there and his venue is a block away from my airbnb nice yeah so um maybe go see that if i'm not doing anything on that day but main point of the trip is to see Ty sign and yeah. Isn't it so cool how you can have friends all over the country and all over the, the world. world? Yeah. Like my friend, she's um, on tour. She's like assisting with Liz- Lizzo's tour right now. Mm-hmm. And she just goes to like all these random ass cities and she has friends in every city. Yep. And she's like, yeah, like I saw so-and-so from high school. I saw my aunt here. And like every single city that she's been to, she's had someone to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just so dope. Yeah. And like social media makes it that much better. So connected. I've already posted, I've only posted like super briefly about going to London and I've already got a bunch of DMs from listeners and people that just follow me like oh come fuck with me I want to meet you blah 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 and that's just I mean when I went to um when I went on tour last year to Europe I was in where was the first city I stopped in Amsterdam and I got to Amsterdam before the people because I flew in to Amsterdam I got there before the people that I was meeting up with got there so I had a pretty much free day and I put on social media, not looking for anyone, but I had just happened to put that I was in Amsterdam, obviously. And someone hit me back on Twitter and on um, Instagram DM, like, yo, come fuck with me. And I went to his page and I see that, like, he works with a lot of, like, American artists that come through there. And so he wasn't, he didn't seem like Are he was going to kill me and, like, lock me in a box. And he does, I could see he does, like, music shit and hosting and stuff like that. So I hit him back and I was like, all right, well, yeah, I'm come fuck with me. He came, picked me up at the hotel, took me, gave me a full fucking tour of Amsterdam, red light district, all of that. Oh, I didn't know this. And then um, the artist, I was made up with Tory Lanes and everybody, so their venue that night was an hour south of Amsterdam, and so I would have had to take an Uber to meet up with everybody. And the guy was like, "Yeah, I'll fucking take you." And I was like, "All right, well then, come on." And he drove me out to the fucking concert. Yeah. I brought him into the concert. Super cool, fucking dude. And we're still cool. Like we awesome. still talk. Yeah, did not did not kill me. Here I am. So, what Nova? Yeah, you have cool followers and cool listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I just gave you a bracelet from I one know. of our Thank listeners. You. Shout out to Marie at Tenth House Magic. I the protection. And um, yeah, no, we have. There was 
There was someone else. We weren't we just was it Marie that we were talking about? And I was like, podcasting is cool. And we were like texting. No, with you each were other. talking about um, guaps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, yeah, and the podcasting is cool. Yeah, get cool shit. Um, shout out to our fans in Cambridge, Massachusetts. On Saturday, I was doing what I do every Saturday, and I was sitting on my couch with Nova, and I had Taco Bell all over I feel my like shirt. That's what you do every day. Yeah, pretty Maybe much. Maybe not yeah. the Taco Bell. No, it's not always yeah, cheat day, only but Saturdays, right? Sitting on the couch part. with Nova. Yeah. Aside from that part, that's what I always do, and Guap FaceTimes me, and honestly, I was looking at the phone, I was like. <sighs> do I want to talk to him right now? And I just, I happened to answer. I'm like, fuck it. It must be important or something. And he was like, I'm sitting at the bar in Cambridge, Massachusetts before he's on tour with Pilo right now. And he said, before he was, you know, hanging out before the show. And he was like, your fans just ran up on me talking about how they love your podcast. And they know me from being on your podcast. And I was like, how fucking cool is that? And it actually segues into the point, I know you wanted to talk about Summer Walker, uh-huh. but even, you know, it's just really cool having met Guap, I guess it's been two, damn, I've known him for two years now, holy shit, haven't met him two years ago, and he was popping off with the comedy stuff, and- Marissa w- fucked with him from day one. Well, yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. But more so, I just, I love being able to watch the journey from like, and you can even see the difference in like- Instagram stories before it would just be like, bless you, Papa. Um, you know, and I'm not just saying guap, but any artist in general, right? It's them just doing stuff on their own, their story, and they're posting themselves, and they're, they're posting their music that's going to come out, and they're posting whatever. And as you slowly start to see them grow and get bigger, their stories become a lot of repost of like people listening to their music and shit. And it's really cool to be able to, in real time, and we talk about this, I would say, you know, more often than not, Um, We've talked about this before, but really just being able to see these people go from nothing to something. And in particular, you know, you mentioned Summer Walker earlier. Mm -hmm. I think it went viral over the weekend. Um, Someone just went back to her old post and she had a, what was it, a house cleaning service? Yeah, she had like her own business and she was cleaning houses. And then this week, her album is the number one most listened to female R&B album. Right. Debut. Yeah. And That's I, a mouthful. All of these, like, titles are such mouthful. They're so... Some of them shits are so fucking arbitrary as well. But no, this one's This pretty, one's an actual yeah. legit... This is, like, the biggest debut for an R&B um, woman in a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And I, I honestly... I only heard of her when... I heard of her, I guess, sometime last year. And I was confused because there's another Summer Walker who I think was like an Instagram model or something or something, but she was married to DJ Drama, a different Summer Walker. So I thought this was her. I'm like, oh, wow, that DJ Drama's ex-wife is trying to be an R&B singer. <laughs> and then um, then I never really heard much again. And then I know the Drake collaboration happened and I figured this girl had to be something if Drake's dick riding ass wanted to hop on this. And then here we are. And I love to, you know, I, I, I don't, keep up with her I don't really know her music that well because I live in my bubble and my bubble is my bubble but from what I have seen of her she seems so authentically her she's so just fun and like charismatic and I don't know and you know there's like a certain 
sweetness too just being able to like she didn't delete those a lot yeah, of I, I love that posts and stuff and I think she recently did with the album rollout like she cleaned up her page but she, it was that. it was mm-hmm. on there for a while though mm-hmm. and just like in general like I it's amazing I have this weird thing too Marissa and I were talking about before we started recording that you know it's so hard for like music to reach me and so if I listen to something like once if I don't really fuck with it I'm just not gonna put it on again and half the stuff that I put on is only because like Honestly, because either I've already liked the artist or everyone's talking about it. And yep. I'm like, all right, let me just see what this shit's about. So, like, I listen to strictly Janae. Like, everything I listen to is Janae. And then I saw that she was featured on one song on the album. So I oh. listened to that song. Fucking loved it. I'll Kill You is the best song ever. And I, when Janae freestyles, I love it, you know. But, um... No, then I listened to the entire project and I was like, wow, like I really, really like it. I've been listening to it every single day since it came out. Um, It's exactly how I am too. It's really hard for music to reach me. I think, like I just said, like my bubble is my bubble and I'm happy in it. And we were talking about how I tagged Carol in this meme the other day, a meme of like the premise was you just listen to the same music over and over for the rest of your life. Like, and I actually um, heard, I was listening to an interview recently i believe or something but in the music industry like the analytics side like that is an average consumer like they called they said they aged out of music that was the phrase they used and so they the average consumer though there's obviously like the hip-hop heads that'll always be up on the new shit or whatever no matter what how old they are but um they said the average listener phases out of music and or ages out rather and goes back to the time period they want the most i wonder what age it is me too i would love i I really would love to look more into that because the music that i listen to for a while is like only music i listened to my sophomore year of high school (laughs) okay was that a really good year or it was just fun what year was that joyce was it uh 2019 2013 i think oh god 2013 into 2014 that was yeah okay and then like 2013 2014 beginning of 2015 like that's so that was like the la surge 2014 exactly okay that was yg's debut album was when i first got my car so i would just sit in my car and drive everywhere 15 and a half what okay we only get our permit at 16 in new jersey and 17 you get your license yeah i got my license right when i turned 16 i got a car and i my favorite street to drive down would be benedict canyon i would just like drive to the canyon play my music wow. really loud or go down pch with my friends like ours is smith street in perth amboy shout out to jersey yeah and i and I, I would play like a lot of obviously like yg ty dollar sign i remember that's when like i was really into party next door it's just so crazy because a lot of these people i like their music like i don't know i didn't really fuck with like yg's like last oh i albums. didn't me neither <laughs> But, like, my crazy life, like, I can play that every single day. As know, Every I. single word of every single song. 2014 so. was, honestly, the same year that I fell in love with L.A. And I was coming out here every other month. And I racked up a shit ton of credit card debt doing that. Buying all those flights and all those Airbnbs. Um, but, yeah, no, same thing. So, I completely... I, for me, when, I go in these pockets of, like... Again, like you said, it's hard for music to hit me. So, it's the same thing. I'll, like... If I see people talking about something specific and I know it's probably something I like, whereas like a Summer Walker album, it's r and I'm probably not going to really fuck with it. But a uh, fucking, um, if I see everyone talking about a fucking 
post Malone album or some shit like that, which is such a random person, but I'll go check that out and maybe I'll like some shit on that or whatever. And then that'll go into rotation. And so I would say every couple of months I end up with a playlist and it's usually like a curation of if I've been out and about the last couple of months, I've been around people that are playing music and I'll pick up on it like all summer long you know, being in, in New York and in the Bronx and shit like that and being around a bunch of boys, they all had different playlists and stuff. So I picked up on some shit. So I had a summer playlist, but I haven't been around any good music as of late. So I've been just putting on, opening my phone. I have like 3000 songs like stored on my phone. I've just been pressing shuffle and just fucking listening That's to I everything. I do <laughs> I just feel like I used to be so excited to like, even like if I hadn't heard of somebody, like I would go like on Hot New Hip Hop and like just see like oh, wow. what was going on. Mm. And I would listen to every single Hot 97 interview. And like, even if I didn't know the artist, like I wanted to like listen and see like what they had to say and and that's why I like a lot of people too, like Ace Hood. Like I just think he's like a cool person. Just oh like my to god! His interview. Okay. I'm like, I don't know. I just don't have that same excitement towards music at all anymore. And I just it's partly because there's just so much music. There's that's so really many artists. There's too. so many magazines. There's so many blogs. There's so many Twitter accounts, and it's just like I I'm overwhelmed. But one person that I really like too, and because I like R and B. Is Ari Lennox? Have oh, you- she's fire! I don't again. Don't listen to R and B. I don't listen to her music, but her personality is amazing. She is so fucking cool. Cool as shit. I'm really excited because I my friend is she's opening for um, Ari Lennox is opening for Lizzo on Sunday, so I'm going to that concert and I'm really oh, excited about okay. it. But she also talked about circling back to Summer Walker about how she didn't want to give up her job at public storage to take a meeting with J. Cole. Really? And she said she was making like $8 an hour or something and Dreamville reached out to her a couple times actually and she turned it down because she felt like she finally had this stable job at public storage where she was making like eight or ten dollars an hour but she was like thinking in her head like I can work up through this company like one day I can be a manager and she was like trying to line her career up and then Dreamville kept calling her and she was like yo like she didn't know if that was something that she could give up and it's just really interesting to you know hear people's stories like that because it's something to consider like you know you gotta it is rough and like You, you literally have to have money to make money too like a lot of fucking times and and the unknown too like you never know and then you can have belief in yourself and you can have like some people behind you but taking that risk doesn't work out for everybody it's definitely that's what it is is the risk and it doesn't work out immediately sometimes too like it definitely could work out but I was just telling my girlfriends today I'm like I was reading my journal earlier this week from 2017 uh, um March 2017, so it was right when I moved here. I'd been here a month. And that first month, I was so full of hope and excitement because I'm in this brand new place that I, I really wanted to take the risk and come. And I um, I had no job, obviously, when I moved here. I was still blogging for Flex, though, so at least I had, like, a check. And my first week here, I had that Power 106 audition and all that shit. And by March, I started losing a little bit of hope. Like, oh, shit, okay, well, I know I didn't get that gig. And... I kind of just thought shit would just magically happen and nothing's happening and I'm only making one income, one freelance income, which you can never just have one. And 
even that, in by the second week of March, Flex told me that the last week of March will be the last week of the blog. So I now I know my even my one source of income is getting cut short. And I was very fucking depressed in that journal. Like every day was just sad girl, sad girl, sad girl, sad girl. And God, thank God, you know, it worked out. Um, I guess a month and a half later, I got a job. But that shit does not happen when you think it's supposed to happen. It's never like almost fucking never. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's hard to preach or not preach, but even like reassure somebody because everything sounds fucking good. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be OK. Mm-hmm. You got to be positive. You got to do this. But when you're in the moment and you can't fucking pay a bill, like literally that journal was like, I paid my credit card bill this month with another credit card. And then I sent myself um, a cash advance through PayPal credit, like so that I, and then I sent it to Carol so Carol could send it back to me because you're not allowed to send yourself a cash advance through PayPal. Literally, like I was robbing Peter to pay Paul at that point, which I don't really know what that means, but I know (laughs) I'm using it right. But yeah, like it, that's to fucking quitting some shit to go live your dream. It just, it sounds so exciting, but that shit is like. I'm also the person that loves to be in control. Some mm-hmm. people are very, like, in my day to day, I do like routine and I like organization. And not that I'm not down to be spontaneous, but it's also. Like right now I'm going through this weird thing where I don't feel lost at all because I feel like when you're lost, you have no idea like what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I know exactly what I want. I know exactly what I want to do, but I'm just not there yet. Or okay. I don't have all of the tools or like, I just, I'm not fully put together. So that like causes unease. Mm-hmm. And it's that, I know, I like, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm just not there yet. And I'm not ready to like even go inside it. So it's like, ugh. And it, yeah, pretty much sucks. But. I'm in a weird, not a weird part, but I'm in a part of, I'm just trying to figure out what direction I want to go in. I'm in a good place. Mm-hmm. And money-wise, everything's cool. Everything is great. Um, writing, like I'm excited for the book to come out and all that stuff. But like, I think because I've pretty much finished the book now, we're in like the last round of edits. Now I'm kind of just like, okay, well, that was my purpose all summer. Now what's my next purpose? Like, what's my next project that I'm putting my all into and my passion? And, um, yeah, I have no fucking idea. So, <laughs> but, you know, again, with a situation like that, while I'm trying to figure it out, one of the things that, you know, they always say, just make sure that you're always honestly ready so you don't got to get ready. So just remaining in the moment and, and, you know, showing up places and networking and doing that stuff. So when an opportunity does present itself, I'm fucking ready to take the shit. So I'm trying to go out more. I'm trying to do things, which, like we said at the beginning, I, I went out multiple times. I went, the Lisa Frank thing wasn't really anything, but I got to go see the Lisa Frank pop up. If you're listening, this is Thursday. So that'd be the seven. Oh, well, it's already sold out anyway. So y'all can't go. But it's a two week pop up that Lisa Frank did in, um, what is that word? Association in coordination with in partnership, partnership with hotels.com. They took over a it's like a loft space downtown. It is a hotel in a sense, but I think you can like rent it for extended stays type of thing. Do you know? What? I'm not trying to yuck your yum, but I read about. This. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the girl. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's a two weeks. It's an apartment. Then. Yeah, it's an apartment. But it's not. No, no, no. That girl doesn't live there. 
Oh, I thought she did. No, 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 no. It, she, she said right next door. No, she lives next door oh. to a unit that Hotels.com rents out. It's not that gotcha, unit. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't live there. Um, but yeah, so it's this cool two-week pop-up that Lisa Frank did, and um, my girlfriend is a travel blogger, and I had just posted about how beautiful the hotel is, or the Lisa Frank room, rather, and so she messaged me, and she was like, oh my god, they invited me to go visit it to write about it on the travel blog. Do wanna you want to fucking go? <laughs> me too. I've been talking about this. And she was like, and yeah, they sent her on all types of trips and shit. She, got to, go I, to, she got to go to Antigua for free. By the end of next year, I'm getting sponsored to go on a vacation. Right. And that's like one of the things I'm going to make happen. And you talked it into existence, girlfriend. I'm going to talk about food. <laughs> do all, yeah, that $5 yeah. food shit you do is fire. That's really cool. Um, and anything, honestly, anything you stay consistent with, I feel like it could be a thing. So do that shit. But yeah, so she she invited me out and I brought four changes of outfits so I could do a photo shoot during our 30-minute visit. That shit was so cool. And um, it was kind of weird, though. Like, what they do, what they did with the partnership was they opened up the bookings on October 11th. So this past Friday, they opened up the bookings. And I asked them, like, is there a cap on somebody staying? Because it's only open for two weeks to pop up. And they were like, no. So I was like, if one person jumped in, the first person to book and booked a two-week stay, no one else would be able to see your pop-up. And what would be the point of it if you're not getting your the eyes on as many yeah. people they didn't have an answer. Oh, so you could actually stay overnight at this? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's the uh, point of it. Yeah, it was so a two-week pop-up. So you got to go for like an hour? Just an hour, just okay. to visit it. And so so my girlfriend could blog about it or whatever she does. But um, And I got my pictures off. But yeah, so that was cool. But so so what Joyce was referring to, the, the girl that we were talking about, that the next door thing. So there's a woman, and I started following her because her home is I know, that's cool. why I wanted to bring it up too. I was like, Marissa, you got to get inspiration from this chick. Yeah, and I cannot think of her name right now. But so it's this woman that um, two years ago, she designed her home in L.A. to essentially just be a rainbow. Amaz- she calls it Cloudland. That's what she named her mm-hmm. home. And so the kitchen is quite similar to how they did the Lisa Frank pop-up. No, everything. No, no, no. It's just the kitchen, they said. Yeah. And down to, like, the cabinets being different colors and even the type of chairs at the kitchen table. Um, And the more damning thing is of it all is that Lisa Frank, the, the account, follows this woman on Instagram and has been following her. And there's a paper trail of it, too, of Lisa Frank commenting on the woman's pictures. Like, oh, my God, so cool and so dope. And... Um, there's a DM trail with the with Lisa Frank as well. I, I'm assuming with the actual Lisa Frank behind the account and of this woman talking to Lisa Frank. And so this woman was just really upset because not only did it, did Lisa Frank or the designers seemingly bite off of her concepts, but simultaneously she got evicted from her apartment. And it turns out that Hotels.com owns the space next door. So she kind of feels like, her, her thing is she thinks she got kicked out so that her landlord can capitalize on her space and be like, hey, rent out this space. It looks just like the Lisa Frank space. It's, you know, got all the same color mm. concept and everything. But what they're also, you know, another thing that came out, though, was she was late on her rent. And that was part of the reason why. And then she was saying, yeah, but I've always been late and the landlord never kicked me out type of thing. Oh. So it's a little, not always, but that she's been late multiple times okay. in the past and she hasn't been kicked out. But it... Well, that's what happens. Yeah. You keep being late. like a, So I don't know, you know, enough about it to speak fully because I didn't look into – she did – She did once that part came out, she did another video today or yesterday, I believe, explaining that portion of it. And I haven't watched that, so I don't know 
what she has to say further about the rent situation or whatever. But I do know that I do not appreciate any creative being ripped off and especially a creative of color. She is a black woman. So, um, it's so crazy to me how, like, how, how people rip other people off. And it's so blatant. And it's to a fucking T. And like, that's one thing too, is that there are an infinite amount of ways to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, so you know, you can get inspiration from something, but it's also so easy to just remix it a little bit to make it your own. And credit the person and that you got inspiration exactly. from. And it's so, like, when you see, like, uh, like clothing companies make exact knockoffs, like, exact. And these are, like, big designers, too. Do you ever follow, do you follow, well, you probably don't care, but that page, Diet Prada. Mm-mm. So it's this Instagram page that basically, like, takes, like, high-end, like, designer clothes and shows how even top designers knock off other designers or small business owners too and it's the reverse and so it to me it's crazy because you see like the littlest details you're like shit you really took that like one little x in the corner and put it on yours like you couldn't have made it like a heart or something like you made it exactly the same like what the fuck there was an artist recently that i want to say it was her paintings and she has like a pretty strong following um, the Chris Brown wobble up video with G Easy and Nicki Minaj, like all of the concepts in the video were like directly bitten off of this woman's artwork, and it, particularly what's coming to mind was the um, the butt cheeks being two humps of sand or something. I don't know if you've seen the music video, but yeah, that scene in particular was directly from like this woman's artwork and stuff like that. And these companies, it's what's what, what's worse when they're ripping off young people or or whomever like people that that aren't a big brand mm-hmm. they don't have the money to fight the lawyers to fucking get the credit yeah. that they deserve they don't have it these huge companies have huge the other thing i see all the time is forever 21 keeps doing it with like their licensing they're like slapping a leah on a shirt sh- that's why they go on bankrupt they suck but like what like <laughs> but then that's the crazy part too is that these companies can just do something as simple as filing for bankruptcy which means that they don't have to owe any of that mm-hmm. shit anymore whereas someone who's just starting out trying to make it is trying to you know get traction get business but then there's all these other companies that are knocking them off or like stealing their ideas and then they have the money to just be like oh we're going bankrupt it's fine i want to know the logic though for a company like forever 21 where even me and you being Joe Schmoes completely understand the concept of licensing. Could it be a matter of paying for the lawsuit that inevitably will come from the estate or whomever it is running? Like, let's go with Aaliyah. Do you think potentially the lawsuit is less money than it would have been to just license it maybe? And that's why they're like, fuck it, let's get these sales while we can. But I would also assume that as part of the lawsuit, they have to pay back wages, or I'm sorry, not wages, the stuff that was pay garnered. back the profit yeah. that they got. But then they probably hide I was shit. just going to say now on top of that, there's probably, and this is probably why they do it then, they probably ha- there's probably no way to prove how much they made off of that specific item. So maybe that really is it, that the lawsuit money is less than the licensing money and they just take the L because they're still making a profit, potentially. I, I don't know. Maybe if they feel like the risk is worth the reward. But to be honest, and I don't know if I'd get in trouble for saying, I doubt, uh, I don't know. But back in the day, so with blogging, uh, a practice that's become popular in recent years, and so this is before, like, the the, the blog era 
was really like 08, 09, 2010, 2011, 2012. Like that's when all the new blogs kept popping up and it was the crazy boom of like this is, you know, like the podcast boom of like 2015, 2016, 2017. That was what blogs in 08, 09, 2010. And so back then the internet was the wild, wild west. And when you're making a post about Chris Brown, you just Google image search Chris Brown and you put whatever picture you like as your main image on the blog post and you go with it. And again, this was back in the day of when blogs just started popping up and the internet was whatever. In recent years, the last three, four years, photographers started really getting hip to this and they were able to sue continuously because it's like, you didn't pay for this image of Chris Brown that I took that mm -hmm. is on your blog. So I'm, I'm going to sue you for a million dollars and I'm going to get a good percentage of that. And um, particularly the... the um, people like that photographed the Aaliyahs and the Biggies and stuff like that. That's where the biggest licensing money was because there's not any more new pictures coming out. So those photographers like have a grip on that and can sue for upwards of a million plus. And so the reason why all of these blogs started shutting down in recent years was because they've been all getting sued for the photos and they couldn't keep up. But so what I was starting to say was at first flex was like, yo, just fucking Put up the post we'll deal with the lawsuit later because we're getting so much revenue from traffic oh fucking well i'll just pay these little bullshit lawsuits or whatever but then it became an issue because the again the Aaliyah photographers and the biggie photographers were getting hit and those lawsuits were like yeah. detrimental and eventually that's why the site really shut down and um so but yeah i mean i again in the beginning it was worth it it was like all right they're gonna sue me for three four probably that my lawyers are good they're on retainer anyway so i'm not paying for a new lawyer that didn't exist so just fucking use whatever image you want like so it could honestly you know these big companies have law lawyers on retainer as well so it's not costing them anything in uh, actual legal fees really really just yeah yeah so maybe that's why they're that stupid. And like you said, they could file for bankruptcy and clear and all that it's shit. it's all obsolete. Wow. And yeah. But I mean, there's probably an amount of times a company can follow, file that, right? Before they're like just... Yeah, but it, you know, this is the first time that they've done it, mm -hmm. Forever 21. So, you know, and I know Victoria's Secret's filing for bankruptcy. Really? So many companies. Do you are. follow the Hood Healer? Uh, I see her stuff because a couple people I know tweet and retweet. She has said, like, there's going to be a lot more corporate. Like, everything she's called thus far has seemed to come true and just random things. Like, she called the Nipsey death, not him particularly, but she said L.A. is going to be fucking hit with some shit happen. But she's saying all the more corporations are going to, like, fucking come crumbling down this year and next year, too. So I'm curious to see if her predictions are right. But, yeah, back to the original. People biting off of other people's shit fucking sucks. And I know a lot of these, like, clothing companies have been doing it from young black designers too mm. and they the kardashians have gotten blamed for a lot of the shit what sucks though too is these celebrities may not necessarily be the ones biting it could be their team too yeah you know kim's not sitting there picking out a fucking design for her shapewear it's people that she pays to do that shit and and this is just an example because I haven't heard of Kim biting off anyone for her shapewear. But I'm just saying, you know, the person themselves, like, yeah, sometimes they'll come in and oversee. And maybe Kim because Kanye's anal as shit. But people like that, they're not really picking it out. Their team is, they're doing it. Or a look for something, a look for a video. It's the team. But then they end up having to take the heat because no one knows your team. They know you. You're the celebrity that ended up fucking biting the shit. So, yeah, double-edged sword.
We've been giving you guys quality content for about three years now, and we want to bring you even more. By subscribing to our Patreon, you'll have access to everything from full videos to spending a day with the gang and riding in a lowrider through the streets of L.A. Um, we got tiers for our listeners on a budget, and we got tiers for our big ballers, too, and everyone in between. And even if you don't care about the content and you just want to support us, we would appreciate that, too. So subscribe to us at patreon.com slash M-E-I-A podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash M-E-I-A podcast. Since we are talking Kim and Ye. Yes. Do yes. you want to take the lead? Um, so I guess they there's a clip that came out and it was um, Kanye talking about how he doesn't like the way that Kim dresses and he doesn't like when she posts sexy pictures on Instagram. He said it affects him when she posts sexy pictures. And the particular clip was from the latest episode of Keeping, Keeping Up, Up with the Kardashians. Kardashians. And he said stuff like this before because she's mentioned it. Has she? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I, I don't know. So I, it's not the first time that I've heard of him feeling that she's too sexual provocative yeah but as we were talking about before we started recording he literally created this version of kim i mean yes she's definitely always been sexy in fact she got started from the sex tape with ray j well got started in her public facing career from that so obviously she's always um walked the line of it but he in particular when he got jumped on board and whenever they started dating i want to say it was 2012 she she always talks about it. Every he time. cleared out her entire wardrobe, went to her house, told her all her shit was ugly, told her whatever, and, and she was with it, and she was like, all right, like, transform me, and he gave her a whole, became her creative director and stylist and boyfriend and partner and, and husband. now husband, and it's just... And now, and, and now he's going through his, and she says this in the clip, she's like, you know, just because you're on your spiritual journey, like, I'm not there yet, so don't push it on me and the clip in particular was like it sucks for Kim because it was the night before the Met Gala when she's been like working with this designer on this outfit for a minute and he already knows that she's anxious about the Met Gala I do believe um it's only it was only her seventh Met Gala because she has said in the past like she wasn't invited and it took a minute to develop like the relationship with Anna Wintour that um you know, to, to even get, get invited. Respect. Yeah, because they weren't fucking with Kim and understandably so. And then, you know, when she linked with Easy and kind of did this whole rave ran, she started being invited into these rooms. And so he understands the anxiety that Kim already had. And so she told him in the clip, like, this isn't fucking fair. You're doing this to me the night before when not only that, but you, again, you made me essentially. Yeah, he's the one who put her in the Bound to music video. Yeah. Like she was yeah. fucking naked, humping a motorcycle. Like, come on. So it is an interesting position to be in. And I think in particular, it hit a chord for me thinking about like, would I allow a significant other to, I want to say have an opinion in that particular space because as a public figure, like that that's her job, you know, her job is to be sexy, sex, she's selling sex. I mean, it's, it's, it's two different things too, like. If you didn't, like, if it's all of a sudden she just started doing it. Right. I mean, not that in any relationship, you know, you should be telling each other what to do. But I think that it is, you know, nice to, like, run stuff by your partner. Yes. If you're in a marriage, you should be making decisions ultimately together. As a unit, yeah. As a unit. Like, you, you know, like, even, 
I had a boyfriend ask me, he was like, well, if I dyed my hair purple, how would you feel about that? And I was like, thanks for asking me. You're not going to fucking do that because I don't want you to do that. Yeah. Like, thanks for, you know. That's fair, I think. But, and it's not like she just all of a sudden, you know, like she's in a marriage with someone and then just was like, I'm going to be a stripper. Yeah. I, I'm just going to do it. It's not, not that. It's like she literally was in the role that she was in. He helped build it and mm-hmm. now is trying to take it away. That's not cool. Yeah, it's not fair. And it's not fair. Again, he... I get he's on this new journey and these things, but it's like, where does your journey, your personal journey fit in with her public persona? You know, maybe off camera, offline, sure, she can be the person that you guys discuss together that you would, not not saying that what you prefer because it's ultimately up to her, but maybe something that makes you more comfortable in your home. But if this is her career... Is it even fair for him to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like Kim, Kim's career is sex, sexiness. But it even also, like, if it was in the best interest for her, mm-hmm. like, if, and he—that's not the way that he said it. He's like, yeah, it affects me. him. Yes. If he's not saying, "Hey, I think that if you kind of rebranded and did this and this and this, I think that you would make more money, you would get more respect, you'd get better rule." I don't know. He's not saying right. it to build her up. He's saying that it negatively affects him which is ultimately selfish and that's completely selfish what does that have to yeah exactly and it's again now i again it's different and 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 the only reason i'm taking this particular not the only reason but the reason i'm taking this particular stance is because of her career so now if it's like let's say a regular person a, a woman that's just working at a bank or something but her public Instagram has always been sexy and stuff, right? And she starts dating a man that knew that, and then he wants to start saying, like, okay, well, all my boys look at your pictures. It makes me uncomfortable. Do you think then it's fair that... I think it's I think it's fair to like say that it makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And then you can have a discussion about right. it and talk about, like, why and maybe, you know... Because it's true. Like, I, if I were... A guy, just knowing how like jealous that I can be. Mm-hmm. If I were a dude dating a girl who always had pictures like looking really sexy, and then you see all the DMs and you see the comments, because it happens, like you know, like girls get hella comments on mm-hmm. their shit. Like that would drive me crazy. So like I can understand like having that conversation. Now, you know, you have to be able to trust your partner too and have a level of understanding that you know though they're just random people on the right. internet or, or but sometimes if it's just a regular girl working at a bank maybe it's not random people on the internet and it's like exactly. somebody that you went to high school with that you might have hooked up with in the past yeah. or you know like you said like your boyfriend's friends like and you have 300 followers exactly and I it's think like there's who a difference. are you posting that for and right you, and you know again you want to feel good in the skin that you're in and you know if you feel like you're looking hot you want people to notice but it's also I, I don't know that I don't know there's levels to it that and, really is. and in particular this topic is of interest to me because I do have a following and I do have people and my following is mostly male and things like that and so I, and I do post pictures and I love my body and I love posting sexy pictures and I talk about sex and that is my persona that I don't I wouldn't say I'm selling sex particularly but in a sense, yeah, like sex appeal, that's my shit. That's what I what's what I do. And so for me, I could never be with somebody that is uncomfortable with that. And like even over the summer I asked, like I asked P, I'm like, yo, 
do you mind if I talk about my escapades on, on my podcast? Like, does that affect you? And I think to be flat out told, like, don't say anything, I would have, I no one can tell me that. Like, yeah. I will work with you. at least the you. fact that you asked. Yes, like that, because I, I, I understand that can make someone uncomfortable. And again, if someone were to respond to that and say, yes, you can't talk about anything ever again, then I'd be like, okay, no, you got to fucking go. But if there's a way we can work together to make sure that everyone's comfortable, I'm super open to that. And, um, like, you know, I post wild pictures. I post, no, I'm sorry, not, not necessarily wild pictures, more so, I, like, my captions can be crazy, too, with the things I say. Like, I posted um, my last, like, three pictures ago, with, uh, like, early September. The caption was like, oh, my hot girl summer was drinking water, writing a book, having great sex, and getting the best head I ever got in life from my boyfriend or whatever. And I didn't run that by him or anything, but he told me like a couple of days later, he was like, you know, that's a, that was a crazy, it's a crazy caption. And I was like, you're so right. That is a little bit crazy. And like, you know, for me personally, I don't even think, cause I'm so used to just living for myself. I'm not used to like having to care what someone else yeah. feels about what I do personally or whatever. But then I asked in that moment, I'm like, do you want me to edit it? I'm so sorry. I, I literally didn't even think like in my mind, I'm like, I was complimenting your work, yeah. <laughs> like you know, but for someone that's modest or for somebody that doesn't live their life like I live with everything out in the open, that could be a very uncomfortable fucking thing. So I I, I understand and, and I, you know, I would also make, like, I'm not going to post my whole ass out anymore if I'm the type of shit, but, like, I'm still going to post sexy things. There's, there's a line and I think it, it works for who, you have to work with who you're with, but I don't think it's right for what Kanye's doing. They just flat out say... I don't like this anymore. That that doesn't work for me ever. That would never work for me. You don't talk to me like that. But it, it sucks with her husband, and husbands. I feel like you know all the different ways. Yeah, you know, and me. I mean, even me. Like I, I talk about it all the time. I have these weird old school values while being such a new school, like women first type shit. At the same time, I believe that I sh you should submit to your husband. And again, don't fucking tell me exactly what to do. But in a sense at the same time yet yeah. i don't know i have these weird i gotta work through exactly how i believe my belief system but my thing is is just i want to be with somebody who knows what's best for both yes of us. yeah it's not even that i want somebody like i want to submit to somebody i feel like in every relationship i've been not every not i can't say every relationship but i always feel like I know exactly what it is that I want and a lot of the reasons why it's hard for me to like really like vibe with somebody is just because I just feel like they don't know what it is that we need to be good. Mm -hmm. So and it's like just take control like I want so that I don't have to think about every single little detail. I just want to know that you are so balanced that you know what's good for both of us so that I can just kind of there's actually a good segue into Gucci Mane's post. Oh, I guess it was over the weekend now. Mm -hmm. Um and it, I feel like the same type of thing pops up like every year, but basically, I don't think actually Gucci posted it. I it, think, was it was Snoop a meme. It, yeah, Snoop posted it, and it was a meme about Gucci and Keisha, and it was just like, you don't get to appreciate the Gucci now if you weren't, you know, Keisha was there through the jail Gucci, right? The abusive Gucci, Gucci, the this, the that, or what? I don't think abusive was on there, but yeah, the 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 cheating Gucci, the drug abuse Gucci did this, that, and the whatever, whatever. And he puts, you know, Snoop post a heart and a solid fist and all these fucking dumbasses are reposting the shit or whatever. And honestly, like, 
No, that is the fucking worst. Why is someone support? Why? And then it's like these new age women, you know, a couple fights and they're out. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, you're not supposed to sit through a motherfucker cheating on you. You're not supposed to sit through like, you know, and then I was surprised I even saw Carol post the meme and I was like, what the fuck? Like Carol doesn't believe in shit like this. (laughs) And then she cleared it up in her next post and she was like, let me be clear. Any type of abuse, like get the fuck out. I'm just talking about some of these young men not necessarily having guidance and kind of like guiding them through. And that I can understand. There's, there's a level of that, but even now, I don't know. I guess it depends on your ages as well. But me at 32, I'm not teaching a man how to like, how to, how to do anything. I I mean, I could teach you how to love me because each person is different and love languages are different and stuff like that. But I can't teach you how to fucking like be a motherfucking man, bro. Like, and it's not even that too. It's like, there's like a level of just you're being disrespectful why am i gonna put up why am i gonna be cheated on but okay like there are some people that are will just you know that's an understanding that they they can move past that other people like that like you not only are you cheating on me but you're also in jail you're also doing other things that are negatively affecting you why do i have to put up with i don't want to be with somebody who just doesn't have any of their shit together in any capacity and i'm not gonna waste my life the put 10 years of my life on the line while you are just out figure it out yeah no exactly like why would i but let's also not forget and all y'all motherfuckers that keep posting this dumbass fucking meme seem to keep forgetting during all of those levels of Gucci Mane, Gucci Mane was Gucci Mane and had Gucci Mane money. So, of course, Keisha staying 10 toes down. Like, it's easy when you got bread. Like, like that's, that's the, oh, my God. Like, there's, that's just, and that's just one level to it. Again, 80 other levels of it is you shouldn't be fucking sitting through him publicly somebody publicly embarrassing you and all this other shit just because behind closed doors at night when they come home sometimes they tell you how much they love you and they need you what you're getting the same right is is the roi like like, is it the return of investment like are you really getting much out of it or are you getting some good dick and someone to do like go to events with sometimes or fucking you know hang out with though because even if like a man doesn't have money. Like, I feel like as women, we feel like we're nurturers and we yeah, feel like, you I know, fix I want to be your shoulder to cry on. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to, you know, I want to help heal you. Whatever. We think that we can bear that yeah. responsibility. But honestly, it's hard because we get blindsided. There are so many other men out there and there's so many other great people that could be, pro- that have already gone through it or, understand that they need to actually work on their shit but if you're with somebody who refuses to acknowledge anything there really shouldn't be a reason why you're just down all the way especially if they're out here lying on you cheating on you spending your money whatever it is like you don't have you shouldn't have to put up with that and like another thing too is like don't try to change a person and think that you know that's going to be your success story or whatever it's like this person has to have wanted to change like without you and not contingent on you because even if they do change for you because they're just so in love and you know they want to once one thing goes wrong in the relationship 
if their change was only for you, their change is contingent on you. So they are going to look at it like, well, fuck it then. This shit ain't work. I'm gonna go right back to the shit that was getting me through this life. Being the person that I motherfucking was. And they're gonna go right back to the bullshit. So you gotta meet a man man that's like, you know, even if he's not there yet, is, is... understands that that's where he wants to be and is actively working toward it with or fucking without you. I mean, I told you that too. It's like you want to be with somebody who wants the world for just themselves, not just because you exist. Exactly. And you don't want somebody who's just happy to exist, just exist. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that feel like they can't, you know, that they can't attain everything that it is that they actually want. And that they're just comfortable just, like, doing whatever. And those kind of people aren't going to, at least for me and you, they're not going to provide us what we really want. Mm-hmm. Because they're just content just doing. Just living. Living regular. Being like just, basic as fuck. And, just living, honestly. Yeah. They don't have goals. They don't have ambition. They don't have drive. They don't have that, you know, fire lighting them or whatever. Yeah. And it's just going to be mediocrity forever. And the only thing that they can do is disappoint you. <laughs> exactly. That's what they excel at. So in conclusion on that conversation, like, sure, ride for your person, but ride for the person that's, like, actively trying to better themselves. And you. Ride for the person that's going to ride for you yeah. at the end of the day. That's what it is. It's like your man is out here cheating, doing that. Would he do the same if you did that? Probably not. Exactly. So, um, Before we, we're almost at an hour, I want to talk about your Mandela effect that you wanted to talk about last week that we didn't get into. So I feel like we can close out with that now. Okay. Sure. Also, I want to say that acting in power is fucking horrible. And I want to know if any of you know, because I did a quick Google search and couldn't find it. And I didn't have the patience to really keep going. Who the fuck plays Cash? Because who are his parents? Because it is very blatantly, abundantly clear that this role specifically of Cash is a favor to that boy's parents because he is the worst actor in the world. Like, it is painful to watch this person. And don't tell me it's because he's young because there are many, many young, talented, keyword, talented actors this child is not one of them they could have gotten a kid that can actually act to play this role because it's not like this kid looks so much like lala that he had to be in that role there is no reason that this horrible horrible acting kid is playing this role so can someone please find out who the fuck this kid's parents are and how the fuck he got this role anyway go on tell me Okay, well, quickly, Mm -hmm. just talking about, we were talking about, like, artists and, like, people who create their own stuff earlier, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to shout out this artist that I met this weekend. His name is Star City, and he is a painter and poet, and I went to his gallery opening. That shit moved me. Like, I wanted to fucking cry looking at this art and, like, hearing his story, but you guys should look him up. But the whole um, exhibit was based off of a poem he wrote. And it was about his brother and how his brother has schizophrenia because of gun violence that took place. And he basically said, like, he the day that his brother got shot, he's, like, never been the same. Wow. And so all of the artwork were just, like, these crazy abstract paintings. And it was a whole poem just about how, you know, his brother was sick, which kind of affected the entire family and, like, made them all having to deal with him and having to deal with his issues. Like, it 
permeates and Hell carries yeah. on. And then he was taught, and he t- tied the whole thing back to like homelessness and how a lot of those people need support too. And just the the art was beautiful and the meaning behind it just meant so much. So you guys should all check him out. But Mandela Effect. Yes. So uh, basically, it's this idea that there's all these little things that just kind of don't add up. Like, as a society, we all remember something being one way, and now it's no longer that way. Or it never was, but we all convinced ourselves that's what it is. Like, the Berenstein Bears is really, like, some other shit or something like that. So, so basically, the Mandela effect was named after Nelson Mandela because many people remembered him dying in prison in the 80s. However, to their surprise, in 2013 his death made headlines seemingly for the second time. Mm-hmm. And so people did, like, and there's collectively, like, all these people that said, like, no, like, I literally remember him dying. And, and what, like, what are the other examples? Because I know so, they give a few, right? like, Fruit Loops. Okay. What, what the actual logo is and, like, how you spell it or, like, Skechers. Uh-huh. And Febreze being spelled not the way that people think it's spelled. Chick-fil-A always having that K, but people thinking that it's... Oh, yeah. I never see the K. Cheese-It. And Cheese-It doesn't have a Z at the end. And everyone puts Cheese-Its, right? So the crazy part of it all is not... I mean, yes, a lot of these things I do agree with. For example, Mr. Monopoly not wearing a monocle. I don't know if I ever thought about it. Curious George doesn't actually have a tail. Definitely never thought about that. Mickey Mouse doesn't wear suspenders. Hmm, yeah, I would have given him suspenders. And then Pikachu doesn't have a black stripe on his tail. Don't think I ever thought about it. Is, okay. is there the one, is the Berenstein Bears one there? Yes, that's what the is first it? one. So Berenstein is spelled B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N. A-I-N? And yeah. everyone thinks it's E-I-N. Yes, yeah. that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, so it's just this, like, crazy theory. I went down this Reddit rabbit hole, and it's the idea that basically in time, there are an infinite amount of scenarios that can be taking place in this same second that we're in right now. Okay. So, like, because we don't know, there could be an infinite amount of other dimensions. Like, Mm. nothing is set. Okay. And that's one thing, too, is, like, I never really say that I'm just, like, a straight-up atheist. Like, I don't believe in God. It's just, I don't know. So I can never, like, there's so many things that you can't just shut down because you don't know the answer to. So there's, it, it could be possible. You know what I'm saying? Like or, Santa Claus. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, it's possible. I mean, you never know. <laughs> you don't know what's in the North Pole, do you? Have you been there? No. So the idea is that in this moment, like, me and you could be talking and your nails could be green in another dimension. They could be purple in another. There's an infinite amount of things. I'm not high enough this for this combo, but go could on. Could be switched up. <laughs> uh-huh. So there's this theory that somehow along the way, there was a shift in the dimensions. Come on. But like, it's actually crazy. You guys have to look it up. I'm not like, just talk. I don't- did, did you look this up initially when you were high? Yes. Yeah. But there's also like, like this like thing it. about like <laughs> atoms and like this place that like smashes atoms together. By the way, guys, I hate conspiracy theories. You, my mom is the craziest conspiracy theorist on the planet, which has deterred me in every Shout sense out to Ice. of the paranormal. She literally thinks that she was abducted by aliens and tells me that 
can you prove that she wasn't, though? She was, literally, she tells me, she says, I was on shrooms. Nice. And I'm like, Mom, if you were on shrooms, I think the shrooms made you think that you were I think there's your answer, yeah. But she was like, no, but the shrooms shot me into another dimension, and that's where the aliens are. I'm like, oh, oh. it's then. Yeah. But yeah, with, like, Halloween and stuff, I just thought it was kind of spooky. No, but no one invited you here. No one. Um, Nova, go. Yeah. Are you excited about Halloween at all, or...? No, but I'm excited about the nails that I will be getting done on Friday. I'm not going to talk about it until I do them, though, in case they don't come out right. Okay. But I'll show you them, and they're Halloween-themed, and that is as much as I'm doing for Halloween on a dress-up basis. Although, I am buying my little snuggle muffin a lobster costume, and we are going to be Ariel and whatever their fucking lobster's name is. <laughs> Sebastian. Yes, just in our house. We're not going anywhere, but we are going to just take a picture together. Yeah, I have a green, the same green outfit, not green outfit, the same outfit I wore for Carol's baby shower, the, the sparkly mm-hmm. green skirt and the purple crop top. I'm going to put that back the fuck on and I'm going to put you in your cutest little lobster costume that you ever saw in your whole fucking life and we're going to take a picture and that is going to be our Halloween, okay? Okay, Pops? You look so excited. He is definitely excited. And in our last one minute and a half that we have, I want to shout out Lena Waith because I was had the major opportunity to have a conversation with her on Friday. And it was super cool. I got to go to a screening of Queen and Slim. And press is under embargo until it comes out. So I cannot tell you guys how the movie was. But it is phenomenal. And I do recommend to everyone and um yeah i got a chance to chop it up with her solange was there kelly Rowland was there miguel was there it was just a very mage event that i just felt so honored to be in the presence of and lena obviously wrote the whole movie and just to hear they did a q a at the end and just hearing her hearing her talking about like her writer inspirations and she mentioned aaron sorkin and he is um, obviously, not obviously, you guys may not know, but like a very famous screenwriter, you know, TV writer and everything like that. And me as a writer, it's so, the whole, everything is new to me, right? Because I've never really focused on writing as it could be a career path, but now finishing the second book, like I'm looking at it as maybe it is something that could be a career path for me. And it's just interesting that, you know, I'm in LA and Hollywood and the land of all these different things. And she mentioned Aaron Sorkin and the person whose book I'm writing, he mentions Aaron Sorkin as well as his inspiration and not saying that I'm going to go find Aaron Sorkin tomorrow and it's, it's, you know, (laughs) fucking like serendipitous or anything, but I'm just saying, you know, maybe these are things that I should be looking to. I, maybe I should be studying Aaron Sorkin and maybe I should be looking into getting into screenwriting and trying to get in these writers rooms that are all over fucking LA. I live in a studio city. Like this is what, you know, there's it's also cool too like like you said we live in LA and also I recently discovered um I have to think of the exact name of it but it's this company that basically does like courses like 12-week crash courses for certain things and they have like business development and product blah 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 and like huge companies like L'Oreal and uh, huge like pay or google like pay their employees to take these like coding 12 week crash courses and stuff they have a photoshop one yeah i would there's all sorts of them and it's just and even like ucla or different colleges they have like extension courses that you can take and just always kind of remind you that you can always tap into different things that interest you and yeah you know whether it's learning things on youtube or if you're trying to advance your career and you don't know how because you don't have a certain degree that you need there's all these courses that can give you certificates so you 
can do like a certificate in accounting. You might not have a degree in it, but you you took a, a class in, at a certain college or university. And I think it's always cool to just add things to your resume too. And I, and I think that again, you know, don't allow other people to discredit you because they had to go a much harder path to get to a similar thing. Yeah. I know that there's two sides of the sword on that because at the same time, it's people don't appreciate that things were handed to somebody versus like, you know, they had to bust their ass to get it. And I understand that mentality, but just because somebody works smarter and not harder doesn't mean they don't deserve it as much. And I say that as Kim Kardashian, as an example, people were really down in her about this law, this law thing and how she's able to become, you know, past the, past the bar, hopefully and all these things become a lawyer without having to actually go to law school. But why, you know, it's it's not like a, a program that was invented for her because she's Kim Kardashian. It's a program that exists in California. And if someone doesn't have to put themselves in hundreds and thousands of dollars of debt to go to law school but could still become a lawyer, why would why would they not yeah. exercise that right? So the same thing, don't let somebody tell you like, oh, I studied acting my whole life and you take one class and get to go be in a movie. So, oh, well, like, you know what I'm saying? Like the same way I've had to learn to adapt of, okay, I came up in this media world and should I feel a way that I see a rapper suddenly transitioning into morning radio or something like that? No, like this is all like use your skills, use your talent and figure it out how you're supposed to figure it out and fucking do that shit. Take these courses, take a 12 week course, do that. So it's like, cool just to like gain skills yeah. too. If not for nothing, like I, I don't even need the certificate or whatever, but like there are certain things that genuinely interest me that I'm like, I don't really know how I would even get there. Like you, like I can, if I wanted to, like I can write words, but could I become a journalist? Nah, cause I don't, just because I can articulate something doesn't mean that I know anything about publications or law or legal things. I mean, you don't, but you don't do have to it. know necessarily, but you could, you do need to educate yourself. You gotta yeah. educate. No, exactly. So it's like taking like courses or like going on YouTube. The whole point of doing all that research is to equip you with more skills and to have like knowledge. Like I said, to be ready so you don't got to get ready. Yeah. But just cause you have talent, that's not going to, that's not going to bring you further. It's about the people skills that you have or about how you're able to connect with others or how you're able to just take everything and, you know, use that to your advantage. And shout out to Dimples. Um, she runs, she does a ton of shit, but you know, she's a creative marketing agency. I'm um, dope woman in the industry to know. I want to say her Instagram is just Dimples, but I'd have to look in it. Um, but you know, in 2010, when I got with Flex for Inflex We Trust, I remember hearing the name Dimples, Dimples, Dimples is redesigning the site, redesigning the site or whatever. I wasn't involved in that because that was a, Karen Civil had like helped Flex launch the site. And so that was something between Karen and Flex, the redesign of the site. I, as a writer for the site, had nothing to do with that. So I never connected with this Dimples person, didn't know who this was. Years later, I moved to LA, Dimples and I run in the same circles. And again, like I said, she does creative marketing now and works on that side of stuff and so I met her as that and I just recently read an interview with like a like a like a article about her and she, an interview with her and I realized she was the same dimples and she says in the thing like she was looking for a transition out of like you know regular shit or whatever and taught herself coding everything how to make an entire website redesign it all on YouTube and that when she got paid to do um to do Flex's redesign, which she said like really set her up to like 
do other things creatively and like leave her job and everything. I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I may be making up some of this stuff as far as leaving job, but I do know it set her up for whatever. She said she she literally figured it out she did it as she did it. Like it wasn't like she taught herself, then went to Karen and Flex, like, hey, I can redesign the site for you. No, like the opportunity presented itself and she was like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I could do that. And just fucking figured it the fuck out and it was amazing and the site was great and it took a minute, but she got it figured out. And even for me, I, you know, I talk about this more often than not, but like I never took a trained writing class in my fucking life. I've just always enjoyed writing and I would win awards in elementary school and middle school for the shit, for my creative random stories that I used to fucking write. And so I just knew that I did it well. And my college internship, I, I got accepted into um, a program. And so you had a pick of the litter of like what internships you wanted to do in the summertime. And so I leaned toward the ones that focused on writing and stuff like that. So when I had my uh, college internship at MetLife in the um, marketing department, I worked on their company magazine about, it was an insurance magazine, so nothing like cool, but it taught me at least some structure and stuff. And I, that is literally the only formal training I have ever had in writing. And here I am on my second book. So it's literally, you know, again, there's people that went to college for journalism and got their master's degree in journalism and did all that stuff. And I didn't even take a single writing course in college or ever. Yeah, no, I've never taken a writing class. I don't I think I had creative writing in 12th grade. Do you um, want to? No, I don't. I don't like the structure of writing. I don't like essays. I don't like any of that shit. I like being able to be me in my writing. Obviously, writing a book for someone else is not that, but it's to me it's still it's almost like a form of acting in a sense mm -hmm. because I get to be that person and I'm just writing about their life versus like you know, I don't like doing um opinion pieces that much like long form like research pieces and shit like that for websites i don't like do like news is easy it's quick it's whatever i don't know but yeah i, I wouldn't want to take a fucking class there's it's kind of like once you're a creative artist or something for so long and then someone comes in and tries to tell you how to be an artist yeah. when you're you're already one you know what i mean like don't tell me how to do my craft so don't fucking conform me to like care about like an oxford comma or some shit i don't even know if there's such thing as an oxford it is, comma yeah oxford right comma. like i don't want to fucking learn about that right now at this the big old age there we go thank <laughs> you so much but yeah so all of that to say follow your dreams take you know even if you're 67 years old pretty sure you're not listening to Marissa explains at all but if you are and you want to transition into fucking coding go watch a youtube class course and do that shit like fuck it do whatever the fuck you want Fuck the rules. And yeah. on that note, there yeah. we go. Bye. <laughs> M-E-I-A podcast. At gmail gmail com. Com. Yes. It's never changed, Marissa. This Sorry, I don't know what. Uh, I do every week. Yes, yes. And at Marissa Explains on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to follow my beautiful doggy, he's at guapdog4000. And his father is guapdad4000. And I'm at Marissa Mendez and Joyce is at Joyce Adams with a Z. So, yeah, bye. <laughs>